What's up? Welcome back, Critical Thinkers. Kid Carson here. Today's going to be fun. Hypnotherapy, past lives, aliens, and much more. I was like a kid in a candy store during this whole conversation. I met today's guest inside of my new social media platform. I'd seen Aaron sort of commenting on different things being posted inside the community. And eventually we connected and she shared with me that she was an awake hypnotherapist. You know me, I, I couldn't get Aaron in the booth fast enough. So I'm very excited. It's a fresh conversation. We're going to jump into it. But by the way, I'd be thrilled to see you in my brand new social media platform. Also, I think that we can agree the key to making big shifts in the world start with coming together, building community. And then believe me, we're getting ready to use this collective to do some exciting things. Find me in the app store, Kid Carson, or online, kidcarson.com. Let's jump right into our chat with Aaron, hypnotherapist, psychic, freedom-fighting, conspiracy theorist. She is my kind of woman. What do you say to, first of all, people who think that hypnotherapy is like just something you see at a magic show? So... That's one of the main things that you debunk when you're a hypnotherapist is the stage sort of hypnosis um, idea and also the concept that you won't remember anything or that you'll be sleeping. Um, We're actually in and out of hypnosis about 100 to 120 times a day, naturally. Um, Anytime that you're watching TV, you're in a state of focus. So that's why they pay all that money for product placement. That's a natural state of hypnosis. Same thing if you've driven somewhere and you can't remember how you got there. Your subconscious is driving, it already knows how to drive, and you could think about your grocery list or all the things that you need to do, so you're not really actually in your conscious mind, you're in your subconscious at that time. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so maybe just define what hypnosis is. Well, okay, so hypnosis um, induced by hypnotherapist is bypassing the conscious mind and having access to the subconscious, but basically you're, you're accessing the part of the subconscious mind that controls your behaviors, uh, emotional responses, and all of your beliefs reside in the subconscious. I guess maybe some people think that if you are easily hypnotized, that you have a weak mind. Mm-hmm. Is, that, think that. is yeah. that not, that's not true? No. The one thing that prevents a person from going into hypnosis um, is fear. Uh, it's basically like they're just not, they don't want to, they're afraid of what's going to happen, maybe oh. what they're going to say or something like that. It, it feels very similar to like if you're in Shavasana in yoga at the end, where your body is very relaxed, but your mind is still aware. Um, Mm. You know, we go in in different levels of depth of hypnosis. You know, I kind of, I usually tell my clients the only time that depth is really, really important in hypnosis, if you're using it for birthing, um, for hypnobirthing, or if you are trying to have all your dentistry done without any anesthetic, in which case you want to be in a deep state of hypnosis. No one does that. (laughs) They do, yeah. I actually had a client um, when I was first starting in practice, this woman, she's an amazing lady, and she came in and I actually thought she was coming in for like bruxisms or clenching or grinding or something because she said dentistry. (laughs) No, she wanted me to teach her how to put herself in hypnosis so she could have all of her dental work done without an anesthetic. And I was like, I knew that you could do that, but I hadn't taken advanced training in or anything. And I was like, do I need extra insurance for this? Like, I was kind of like, and she was like, you'll be fine. You can do it. And I'm like, I'm thinking, yeah, but can you do it? Because I don't go with her. She has to do it herself, right? So she Um, did. She went and had it done. And she actually said that she... They could do all of her dental work. So normally they'll freeze one side, do that, and then you got to go back and have the other side done. Yeah. She could have all of it done at once because she wasn't using an anesthetic. She had an allergy to it, so that was her. Oh, reason, gotcha. Right? Okay. Um, but the de- the dentist said that she actually flinched less than a person who has had an anesthetic, and I thought that no was interesting. Way. So they were mind blown at the dentist when she went in there that day. It was pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's powerful mm-hmm. when you're trying to get in someone into that 
level of, or you're not going to feel physical pain. How do you? So when you get to a deep state uh, of hypnosis, it, you can create what's like you can create an analgesic or an anesthetic state. And essentially, you're just moving that around in the physical body. So most of most techniques will be used starting to use like a silver glove anesthesia kind of concept and you numb the hand and then you're moving that numbness, you know, usually to your face if you're having dentistry done or you can move it to your abdomen if you're having um, a baby. So what, you're, you're, you're using your mind. Mm -hmm. And you focus on your hand mm -hmm. and then you somehow so an analogy would be to visualize or imagine dipping your hand into a bucket of like freezing cold ice slushy water and okay. then you move it around and then it starts to get number and number and the suggestions are colder and colder and then eventually you get to the point where it's hard to move your hand because you're getting that you've created that sensation in your hand oh my god i can't you ever put yourself i do self-hypnosis all the time yeah it's different doing are you under hypnosis yourself. right now no okay. <laughs> no <laughs> Are you? <laughs> uh, oh my. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I like um, there's a couple fun tricks that I do with kids when I work with kids, and one of them is a sticky hand. So we, we'll like I'll pretend or get them to imagine that super glue is going over their fingers, and then in between all the spaces in their fingers, and then they can't lift their hand off their leg, and it's that's pretty powerful because it's them doing it. You're just the facilitator. So then usually I'll say to them, "You did this. Like I didn't do that for you. You did this. So you know that." Because you did this, you now also know that you cannot be afraid of the dark or whatever it is that they're coming in for, right? Wow. But it's pretty powerful. And when you work with kids when they're little and you can start to get them to understand how their mind works and they can see the changes that are taking place because of them wanting to do the work and stuff, it's pretty powerful. Hypnobirthing. One of the interesting things about, so I actually have training in, in, in a specific kind of hypnobirthing. It's the Mongan method. So there's lots of different kinds of um, pregnancy. What's it called? The, the Mongan method. The Mongan Yeah. So method. it's like okay. the original Marie Mongan was the lady who created the hypnobirthing um, program. And basically we've come to accept that that um pain needs to accompany birth well when you think about it if you were to go and run a marathon you don't feel that pain until two days later the uterus is no different and your body's no different if you go into it um in the absence of fear your whole system will work in the way that it's meant to work but unfortunately most of us are afraid when we go into um, myself i wasn't um, a hypnotist when i had my children and i was terrified i remember going to the hospital for the like walk through or whatever and i was like i looked at my husband and i was like i changed my mind <laughs> like, i'm not doing this yeah. you know um but it's, it's actually really interesting because when when you're in a state of fear one your body works in a different way so you move into the sympathetic nervous system and the physiolo physiology in your body changes and your blood is redirected from your uterus to your arms and your legs because you're getting ready to run or fight for your life your uterus is not a defense mm. muscle so that's mm. so what happens is the blood flow that would normally be going to the baby is now not going to the baby so then you run the risk of you know the heart rate dropping and then the need for a cesarean and things like that but um one of the biggest things is the there's a hormone that's released when we're in a state of fear called catecholamine and it's actually a restrictor hormone so how do you relax and let a baby you know go through the birth path and and deliver it in a natural way when everything is tight and restricted you can't they don't they, they don't coexist right you either have one or the other so one of um part of the hypnobirthing when the people come in there doing their classes is to teach them that fear doesn't need to be associated with birth and to release a lot of the fear that's associated with that and trusting in their body's ability to be able to birth um i don't know if you've ever heard that story about the lady who had a had a baby in a coma did no. you remember hearing about that? Yeah. Oh no, my God. So I think she was, I can't remember exactly the, the details, but my, my understanding was that she was in some kind of a care facility and was 
obviously um, taken advantage of by someone. And so she then was pregnant and had the baby like fully in a coma because the baby knows what to do, um, you know, without so, so without help. the without the pushing. Without pushing, yeah, and in, in it's actually breathing we teach in hypnobirthing, not pushing. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, because the pushing it kind of goes against what you're actually trying to work with with your body, because you want to let you want to like breathe the baby down and kind of let it come out. Oh, because I guess the, the pushing would be uh, making everything sort of tighter. Tighter, and it's also prompted, so it's you're you're being told by someone else when to push instead of listening to your body oh, and right. breathing when the when you feel the need to breathe right. the baby down. Yeah. So and and by the way, you wake up out of your coma and you've got a baby. <laughs> right. I know that story what was the really hell? sad, but yeah. Like, I wonder uh, what happened to that story. I don't know. And how many years was she in a coma for? <laughs> like, do you wake up and you have a five-year-old? Right? I don't know. I have to look that one up. I'm not sure. You wake I just up know. and you're talking to a woman and she happens to mention that, oh, by the way, I'm your daughter. <laughs> right? What? Yeah, that would oh be strange. Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. It was oh, kind of man. a crazy story. Um, so how did you even get into this? Like, what, what made you want to, to be have these, I'm going to call them powers. Right. Like, it seems like my magic. My boyfriend calls them voodoo powers. Yeah, yeah it seems like um, magic. I, uh, I went and saw a lady one time um, when I was dealing with anxiety. Actually, I was having really bad panic attacks. And I went and saw her for a couple different things that I also was dealing with some stuff. Um, I grew up in a home with a mom who has bipolar disorder. So mm -hmm. dealing with that kind of mental illness when you're growing up was had an impact on me for sure. Right. Um, and I went and saw this lady and I remember this, I had this moment where I had, I think I had three sessions with her. One was to panic attacks. I never had another panic attack again. Came close when I went for my motorcycle skills test. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a little, imagine, that was right? a little hairy, but um, still not quite at the level it was before. But I had this one moment where I was sitting at my parents' house and I could see everyone kind of reacting the way that they normally would when dealing with like my mom and watch my brother and I was watching my dad and I sat there in the backyard and I was like, I feel nothing. This is so weird. Like nothing. Like the absence of all feeling that I would have had previously. And I like I, reaction. Yeah, nothing. Or... Like no reaction. And mm. normally I would be very reactive and responsive to like my mom's some of her behaviors. And I just had this moment where I like sat triggered. There. Yeah, triggered. I mean, yeah, triggered. Yeah, triggered. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I, I just had this moment where I was like, this is the hypnosis. <laughs> I was like, this is so weird. Interesting. I feel nothing. And and I enrolled in school about two months later. Yeah. Wow. It was that drastic. Yeah. It was like crazy. I couldn't believe. I was like, I can't believe that nobody's using this as their tool for like releasing stuff, you know? And yeah. And now, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I get to see well, I get to see lots of people do some really cool, really cool stuff. So many of us are being triggered by all the things that have happened over the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it seems like everyone is now super sensitive. Everyone's super sensitive. And the like, anxiety in humanity has just like been ramped yeah. right up. Yeah. So, I mean, if you could thing. take away things that trigger you, like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Could be just uh, anger responses. You should have fear. a special service just for people <laughs> who are triggered by Justin Trudeau. Right. Imagine it's the Justin Trudeau anti-trigger program. I, does that mean I have to take away my own trigger for that? First <laughs> yeah, before? yeah, you got to. You gotta prove it works. <laughs> this might be the your kryptonite. It's right? the one thing that doesn't work. <laughs> I can imagine that hypnotherapy is sort of your your almost unconscious or something. Mm -hmm. Is that what no, it's like? No, you're or... not unconscious. No, it feels like you're sitting um, in a chair with your eyes closed for most people. Mm -hmm. um, you can actually kind of think be thinking about like what you're gonna have for lunch and having this whole side conversation in your mind, but your subconscious is still listening to me. So, like, is it is it hard work or can I just? show up to you and go, you know what, God, I'm just so sick of this in my life. I want to change it. Can I just go in there and lay down and relax and not really know what's going on and yep. then leave and there'll be an effect? Well, you'll know what's going on because you're part of the process. A lot of the interactive, uh, a lot of the therapies are interactive. So when you're in hypnosis, I'll ask questions and then it's like a dialogue back and forth kind of thing. Um, 
so you do know what's going on. And the benefit of knowing what's hap- what, what is being suggested to you and, and that kind of stuff is because when you're in your everyday waking state, when something happens, then you're like, oh, yeah, that was the suggestion she made. Like, mm. So I have, a, I have a really funny story. I have this program called um, the Virtual Gastric Band that I run. And it's for people for weight loss. And I had a friend of mine who did the who did the program. And usually they're listening to an audio recording each night in sort of in between their sessions. So that yeah. helps to reinforce those suggestions and stuff. And a couple of the suggestions that I make in that audio is one, that you're not going to use your body as a garbage can, or you'll leave food on your plate, because most people don't feel comfortable leaving food on their plate. We've mm. all been trained to finish everything on your plate, right? Right, yeah. So there's a couple of suggestions that are in there. And she was listening to this, and most people listen to it with headphones on, but she played it in the background and her husband would be next to her in bed listening to this also, but not really listening because by the time I'd be counting from 10 down to one, he'd fall asleep and then she'd keep listening to it. Well, so I said to my girlfriend, I was like, guaranteed, if he's listening to that with you every night, you're going to start to see in his behavior some changes, even though he's not the one doing the program. And then I'm like, wait for it and let me know, you know, what you notice. And she, her, her husband's actually a relatively thin fellow. And but he started doing little things like leaving like a little small amount of food on the side of his plate. And then one day she offered him some berries and ice cream for dessert. And he, and she's like, do you want some? And he's like, no, I don't want to use my body as a garbage can. (laughs) So it's like all the little suggestions that are in there. Right. Yeah. Wow. He's sleeping and it's just going into his mind. Yep. It'd be fun to, I'm thinking of, of there were, if there were some audio I could play for my kids when they're sleeping okay so like, I, have, I don't know confidence boosting or something i have on my website a cup i have lots of audios that are for free um if they want to fall asleep there's one that's the water slide so it's for kids i created that for my niece actually when i was in whistler and she got really really bad homesick mm. um i made her and my son close their eyes and we started from 100 and we went down this water slide and my son fell asleep at about 70 and took my niece till about 30. right but they both were out cold so i yeah so i recorded that there's a goodbye worries one for kids and there is a confidence. I'm trying to think if it's on my website yet or not. I just did a confidence one. Yeah. Um, that I might give you know. Even for, even for adults, I guess, if there's people who are, have been, people have been laid off and all sorts yeah. of crazy things have happened to them. They've had people calling them all sorts of, stuff. all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Oh, I've been called everything. Labels, <laughs> you know, you know what they all are. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting to, to listen to something just while you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. Is that something you do in your practice? You send people home with, with audio yeah. that can. Yeah. So usually if they've done a program with me, I usually make them a personalized audio recording that will support all of the work that we've been doing okay. so that they get that sort of reinforcement. And it's interesting when you, when you, when I did some research on the neuroplasticity, you know, it says that anywhere between 18 and 66 days on average, new neural pathways are created. But for some people, it can be up to 200 days. So mm. that's listening to the same thing for 200 days in order to get those neural pathways to like stick and strengthen over time. Wow. Um, but usually most people will just say, listen to it for 30 days. And they'll notice a difference usually after 30 days of listening to it, something on like repetitively. Yeah. I, mean, I guess if you just found something online, you would want to listen to that fully aware yeah, first, first half an hour in you're sleeping and it starts to say things so, like all sorts of things e-transfer e- me right a thousand dollars to well, this email i started to think about that because i'm i'm teaching i have three students right now and there's a whole thing about brain entrainment and this concerns me when i think about my called? kids it's called brain entrainment okay. so it's using certain sounds and rhythms in order to induce a hypnotic state and so I'm like, okay, so it's that, not words. It's, it's just noises. like noises. Yeah, noises and ri- like rhythms, right? And so I started to think about this because, I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist. That everybody calls me that. It's you're okay. my, you're I'm my good, type I'm of woman. With it. I'm good with it. <laughs> but it's like, so when you know that, and then you start to think about like what what's going on with kids and how and and 
changes in behaviors and things like that when they're on video games or when they're they're watching TikTok and or movies even like mm-hmm. you don't know you don't know what subliminal messages are in the background are there any maybe like Who actual knows? subliminal what are, what is actually are they doing like to, if you if you were really like a an evil person and you owned YouTube and you just decided <laughs> if you just decided mm-hmm. that doesn't matter what video they're watching on the platform every piece of content on that platform just has this tone yeah. underneath oh my and god how you would you just... know because like even me like i know about brain entrainment but i can't say like by listening to a certain sound i'm like oh that's the one that does this that's you know? the one i went to work one day and i was like do i need to do a mess like do i need to do an audio to like undo the messaging that may be going getting out there like oh. it's interesting you start when you can look at things with eyes more open right you start to see it. I really noticed um, on Netflix shows and things like that. I remember I turned on this one because I didn't, I was just bored and I think I was working and thought I'd play something in the background, which is probably the worst thing to do because you're actually just getting it downloaded into your subconscious because you're not paying attention. But there, like within the first five minutes, there was like references to like glorified suicide, anxiety, depression, like all this stuff, self-harm. And I was like, this is what our kids are watching. And they're in a state of hypnosis when they're watching TV. So it's just, it's just downloading into their subconscious. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting at the very beginning of the pandemic, um, there's one kind of hypnosis that's the most dangerous kind. And most people don't realize that it's there because it's called waking hypnosis. So in waking hypnosis, you need three things present. You need a person of authority. You need um, a level of focus and a high level of emotion. So when we went into this pandemic, I was like, doesn't everyone understand we're going into waking hypnosis because Bonnie Henry is your authority. Everyone's in fear and they're all watching the news, (laughs) right? So boom, right in those moments, it causes a new belief in a person. It happens all the time with medical professionals when you're awaiting a diagnosis, Um, teachers with children, parents with children, coaches with children, anytime you're in, or even like if, if, like I say to my clients when I'm explaining to them, I'm like, you come to me right now, you view me as the authority on hypnosis. So right now in this, situa- in this situation, this dynamic, I'm the authority. You have probably a level of emotion of some kind, whether, whether it's excitement or whether it's a fear or whatever it might be. And you're listening to what I'm saying. So right now I'm causing within you a new belief. Mm. <laughs> Hopefully it's positive. Or a lot of us, I guess, who are awake, we're sort of tuned into, I guess, depends what rabbit hole you're down, but the, mm. the symbols and symbology that's in yeah. like some, some stuff like uh, children's TV shows or... Yep. But to even be aware that there's sounds, vibrations, mm-hmm. below frequency that we can yeah, consciously there's... notice, that freaks me out. Yeah. Oh my God, of and course they're freak doing out that. Lots of, of course they're doing that. Of course oh they're doing that. Oh my God, great. Yeah. I need a sip of my kombucha. By the way, that's for <laughs> right. you over there, by the way. Uh, <laughs> okay. It's probably warm now. <laughs> okay. We're sitting in the sauna. <laughs> There's soda or kombucha. Oh my, I need to have a sip. Right? Oh my God. I'll have one too. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I think that, that was my biggest, like, recently i was like this is crazy like no one even knows what i mean most parents don't even know what their kids are watching on TikTok half the time i can be honest um, my kids are 12 and 16. when my daughter wanted to watch that squid games i was like why are you wanting to watch this like please explain to me why we need to watch a show yeah. where we're hurting another human being like i don't understand no. so what about this i mean i know there's been some of the conspiracy talk about you know 5g towers and the vibrations coming from our I phones know. and this new that sort of freaks me out too yeah so i go what vibrations can be sent I don't know to us right? with our device that we sleep next to or that's with us all day that's a good question but it's possible right it is possible like scientifically possible yep. interesting I sometimes get and people think I'm crazy when I say this but it's happened to me several times where seeing an ad on Instagram 
for something I only thought of. Like, I swear to God. Yeah, it's weird. I swear it? to God. <laughs> I, it's not something I searched. It's not something I spoke about. Mm-hmm. It's like. Well, but any of your thoughts are going into the morphic field anyways. So if you start to understand. The what, it, what the what field? The morphic field. The, our thoughts go into the morphic field. Yeah. So if you, start into, if you start to understand how quantum physics works, thoughts are things. Mm. And when you put them out there, it is accessible, right? It's, it's no different. I mean, when you're working with people who do psychic readings and stuff, I mean, mm. you, you, they're tapping into your energy. You know, we know that we're all collectively one. Like when they discovered quantum physics, we know that we're energy. We're not matter anymore. Mm. That got debunked, sadly. Our medical system hasn't caught on board to that yet. But. Right. Ten years ago, I went down that rabbit hole and love it. Thoughts yeah. are things, the whole. Um, so, but this term you used, I've used the term like collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. What did you call it? The, the more. Well, morphic field is like, it's hard for me to explain. It's like the more something is given energy, the bigger the field gets. Mm. Right. So you and I think about the same thing. Yeah. It's an energy. Yeah. It's now we energy. bring in 50 more people. That grows, that yeah, morphic grows field? It. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. So um, it's interesting because I remember reading something a long time ago that said that if two people agree on something, it, it holds so much more of a powerful energy. So when you think about like people that are doing like group group healings, group meditations and stuff like that, it's mm. pretty fascinating. At, yeah. Um, like things that can happen for sure when you put out that same intention. What's really interesting about that is you said it's accessible. So let's say you've got a group of people or let's just say my thought. I'm thinking about something. Mm-hmm. Um, like what I swear to God has happened to you with Instagram. Right. I thought about something. Now you say it's accessible. So it's in theory possible for someone there. to access that morphic. I keep forgetting the name of it. Morph- morphic field or just morphic the information field. that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like morphic field. I want yeah. to add this to my lingo. Right. Um it's pretty cool. They can access maybe the the morphic field somehow. How would they do that? Intention, usually intention yeah so i mean like if you sit well the best the best way to to sort of work with your own abilities is by meditation right i mean everyone will tell you that because you're starting to change your consciousness you you can tap into higher knowledge or higher self and that kind of thing um you know it's like if you want to have the answer to something you put it out there Mm. and allow it to come in right Mm. you don't necessarily know when it's going to come or how it's going to show up but if you trust that it will it will so if instagram can Instagram tap in and go. I don't know about morph, that. It's morphic just... field. He's right? thinking about a flashlight. <laughs> Bing! Oh, look at this. This is the flashlight the Navy SEALs use. Right? I don't know. I just thought about this. What I do know is like technology is so like there are so many things I think that we don't know about what they're doing. Well, we think technology is our iPhones. <laughs> right. We really do. Yeah. And you know what? This this is the toy. <laughs> right. And the technologies that we get to play with or work with are only the technologies that, that, that they, they, that they can us, make money. That, that they let us have. They can be a mass money-making <laughs> yep. product. Yep. I bet they have things that are like the invisible iPhone. They go, right? well, people are gonna lose it. We don't make any money off this. So we'll just give them the one that they can see. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, dumb it down. Yeah, <laughs> dumb it honestly, down for the it's wild. Yeah. And that's a real example, by the way. I, I, I was thinking one day, uh, we had lived in a place and we just moved in and we, the place before that was like a, like, like a condo. And so for the first time ever, I thought, oh my God, we could be broken into. Like there's mm-hmm. no fob or elevator. Right. Yeah. And I started thinking of a way that we, a safe way that I could protect my family against an intruder. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking at night really intently about, oh my God, what if I got one of those massive flashlights? It's like they use on construction <laughs> sites. So if someone walked in, I could flash that and they'd be blind for 10 seconds. Right. And then I could tackle them or grab the kids and run out the back door or whatever it was. 
And I thought about that, and I'm not kidding. I hadn't even had a chance to Google or search. And there it was. The next day on Instagram. Here's the, the brightest flashlight known to man. <laughs> that's so, Sponsored that's a ad. Strange, I went, yeah. that's it. You're tapping into my morphic whatever right? it's called. What's it called? Your morphic field, your mind. Morphic field. Your mind. Every once in a while, I make myself feel better by picking up my phone, and I'm like, fuck you, Google. Yeah, <laughs> just right. Put it down. Because <laughs> right. I'm like, I know you're listening. <laughs> it's crazy. I feel there must be some way that they can tap into something. Check the vibration of the overall population or, you know, see what, what well, are. Well, I mean, like, if you look at. Okay, so are you familiar with remote viewing? Do you know much about yes. that? So if you ever know someone I could really interview. About remote viewing? Yeah. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Please. I'm <laughs> obsessed. It's usually going to be people in the military that can't talk about That's it. That's what I will, will disguise their voice right. like this. <laughs> My name is Captain Joblo. Exactly. But yeah, like if you, st when, when you start to kind of realize like some of the things that well, have been done, but they don't talk about it and what we can do and stuff. I mean, we're really like scratching the surface, uh, uh, us, masses of us, because most of us don't really even realize. If know, people don't anything. know what, what remote viewing is, mm -hmm. um, can you just give us a quick? So basically it's like if you put yourself into a state where you move your consciousness to another location, you can become aware of everything that's going on in that location, essentially. It's kind of like the gist of it. I love, so. how, we've, I love how we've gone from freezing your hand and moving it up to your face. Now they're like, let's just throw it's that place to mind. the other side of the right? world. Yeah. But they've really solved. They have. Well, uh, they use it for military stuff because right. they can spy on people and do all sorts of things. Yep. They've spent, I mean, billions oh, I'm on sure. this, right? Mm -hmm. I, I've, I read a book one time where they had like a, a room of just these people remote viewing Yep. They divide up all the information amongst this group of people. And um, this guy describes like, yeah, I had to, in my mind, go to somewhere in the Middle East, mm -hmm. like literally into a room where there were yep. people talking about what about they were, stuff. about mm -hmm. stuff. Yep. And then he'd have to come out of his state of whatever state you go into, yeah. hypnosis or something. Yeah, it's, it's slower brainwave states, slower brainwave states, yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. It's, obviously I've heard lots of things, I have lots of clients to share lots of confidential stuff with me. Um, but I, what I realize is that we know nothing. <laughs> we know nothing. That's what I know to be true. Yeah. yeah. And the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The smarter you become, you, the, you realize you the self-awareness of how dumb you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then you, and then, and then from that place, you look around and you're like, well, at least I'm not like you. <laughs> yeah. Like, My, at least like, I'm not oh, like the person okay. who thinks I know everything. <laughs> That's the worst place to be. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, what's what's the weirdest case you've had? I would say in the last like couple of years. Well, I love doing past life regressions because those are really cool because then you get mm. to work with people and they're doing now we're like, talking. deep work, right? Um, I actually ran a promo for the summer because because every I feel like collectively there are people who are waking up and we're kind of like, if I can heal this because time isn't linear and if they understand that everything is all happening in the present moment and they can heal themselves through all time, right? Then it heals it's like a domino effect right mm -hmm. um but i can definitely say that in the last couple of years the amount of like alien stuff that's been coming up mm -hmm. in sessions has been quite fascinating for me anyways yeah now do you think and similar stuff too so it's not even right so mm -hmm. people who don't know each other having similar experiences mm -hmm. in your what's your take on that do you think that these people are being um let's say abducted i've, I've interviewed a, a guy al several times on my show and it's like trust he was abducted believes yeah. that he was abducted he probably was or it's some kind of ancient interdimensional or top secret government something like yeah. just going into your head with a beam or a satellite yeah. 
and with the advanced hypno, you know, technologies, whatever, you know, kind of what you do, but on crack, no, no, like from brace. the future, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, going well, could, in and could creating be any of them, really, creating this entire experience where yeah. you believe that you were somewhere doing somewhere. something. Yeah. yeah so, so you think it's possible it's actually a physical abduction? I, I do think for some people it, yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big. Are you familiar with Dolores Cannon? Have you read it? Yeah, I've heard her so name. She's yeah. a fascinating lady. So she does a lot of a lot of her information comes through regression therapies. She's a hypnotist. She had her own kind of technique that she created, and a lot of like alien experiences, a lot of very unique things. She wrote three books on the conversations with Nostradamus, which is super fascinating because there's this concept of like is she actually helping him write the quatrains, or is he telling her the information of stuff that he's already written? Mm. And you kind of get into that, and you're like, your mind's like, <laughs> you can't kind of wrap your head around it, but. It's interesting because she has a lot of information in her books um, about things to do with aliens and stuff. And I remember first watching her on YouTube, I remember thinking this lady's a nut job, like what's she talking about? Mm. And then now over time, I'm like, well, maybe there is something to that. I just wasn't Funny. ready for it yet. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I've that story a million times. Everyone who I love right? now, the first time I saw them, I went, God, this person's off right? the locker. <laughs> right? I know that that's what people think when they meet me. Right. Like, so, yeah, my family all thinks ditto. that. They're like, this chick's weird. And I'm like, I know, but it's okay. Next thing you know, we're your favorite. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or you so, come to me because you have a weird question and I'm the one that has the answer for yeah, you. Of course. <laughs> I read some book somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. A lot of alien stuff. Mm -hmm. And when these people come to you about the alien experiences, are they trying to understand them or forget well, it's them different or... i had i had one i had one client one time who came because they actually they had an alien experience like an abduction and they didn't quite remember all the details of it mm. so they came because they wanted to have the memory retrieval part of it right so that was one experience um one one time i was doing a training with one of my students and i was like okay we're going to do a past life regression and i a, a typical past life kind of more general would be you know they go into a past life they land in some moment they kind of explain who they are what they're doing you know kind of what's going on and then you'll go back to like an earlier earliest most significant event in that same lifetime and then you'll kind of hit like milestones like so many you know years apart kind of go through the life get a picture of what it was like and things like that mm. oh no not this one it was like right into the most strange bizarre experience ever and i came we all came out of the session my client who was a client of mine who's like very awake fellow he's awesome and uh, my student and i kind of said to her well that you're not going to run into every day <laughs> we'll have God, to do a redo we'll have to do a redo client, for a normal uh, boring one <laughs> confidentiality but god yeah. i'd love to know you know i can imagine like this yeah. thrown right into a wild well like okay so so some general things that have come up as, as sort of like across a few different things is like um these pictures of sort of like uh floating beings in water almost like almost mm. like matrix shit like wow. which is but that's come up multiple times so i'm kind of like but i i feel like it's not just not just that there's also other other stuff that that comes up too but um it's just interesting because if it happens more than with one person and, and like as a hypnotist one of the most things you need to be careful of is leading you don't lead your clients into anything especially if you're doing memory stuff right because mm. you can create what's called false memories um but as long as you're just like, where are you? What's happening? What's going on? What happens next? What happens next? That kind of thing. They're telling you all the stuff that's going on. Um, you what know, a fun job you had. I just realized how cool. fun it is. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes. You're like, you know what's going on. You must look down the street and go, mm-hmm, I bet you're one of those. Like, <laughs> just, because of all the hundreds just of clients yeah. 
that you've helped. Yeah. Oh my God. It does make you wonder because a lot of stuff that we have as humans, our behaviors and things like that come from trauma, right? So there is a lot of like, sometimes I come home and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it's like a heavy day today, you know, if they're yeah. working through some heavy stuff. But when I'm I break it up, when I'm working with kids, it's super fun. Like, cause they, you, they're already in hypnosis until they're 14. So, mm. so you don't even need to hypnotize them. You just get them to use their imagination. And oh wow, you don't need to dig up trauma and stuff. And the changes happen quite quickly in kids. Wow. Yeah, most people don't realize your kids are in hypnosis 100% of the time until they're 14. Any, wow. Anything that they see, observe, hear, witness, um, if it impresses upon them in a negative way, it has the potential to cause some kind of symptom later. Oh, my God. Good to know. It freaks of, me out as a parent, too. Right? A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. <laughs> you know, I tell my clients, I'm like, don't like guilt is so overrated mm. <laughs> let that go yeah let the guilt go yeah because like no whatever damage you're doing to your kids you cannot do yeah yeah <laughs> that's what get, i tell myself at least <laughs> i'm i want to get back to this um past life mm -hmm. i believed that's a thing mm -hmm. i've met people who are like i'm on my ninth life or now mm -hmm. listen i'm i'm, I'm into i saw it. that interview yeah yeah right yeah yep. and and so i um i'd be curious to know if i what i was like in a past life if i had a past life or if i'm like green on my first trip right is that a hard thing to do with someone no, no no you just get them into um the state where their mind is open so you get them into hypnosis i tend to i use a couple of different techniques i sort of um over the years i've taken a lot of different trainings and there's a lady uh named Ines simpson who lives on she was living out of in, in parksville for a while and she does this um, particular uh hypnotherapy process called the simpson protocol and you're actually in that session bypassing both the conscious and the subconscious and you're accessing the super conscious mind so whatever that is I'm super conscious yeah but the whole session is done it's like a conversational style hypnosis where you're, you're talking to the super conscious and you're asking the super conscious to essentially guide the whole process so what i do now when i'm doing a past life regression is i work with the super conscious and then i ask the super conscious is it okay for this person to experience a past life and then we have idiomotor responses so basically the subconscious is responding yes and no through finger responses and then we do that whole process basically with the idiomotor responses and then verbalizing so i'll just say super conscious can you take them to the next experience that you want them to know about and then they'll get there and then they verbalize what they're experiencing and then sometimes mm. there's things that they're supposed to become aware of and then you just ask the super conscious okay well let their conscious mind know anything else that they should know and so a lot of what the person is experiencing in the session they know but they're not necessarily verbalizing to you mm. um and it can be like huge profound things like i remember um one time I did have a client who she just never wanted kids in this lifetime. And as a woman, you know, it's kind of like people judge you if you don't want kids. And in, in, a, in a past life regression session that we did, there was multiple lifetimes where she was caring for other people's children. So it was kind of like made sense. And it was kind of like this aha for her, like, oh, fuck, good. I don't have to worry about having kids. I did it before, mm -hmm. you know, like, and they weren't even mine. So it was like such a relief <laughs> almost, right? Like validating her feelings. Yeah, but it can be for different reasons. Like most of the time um, when a person's doing a past life, I'll just suggest to them that we we have the experience of one that's most relevant to what they're living now because then there can be stuff that can be cleared, maybe that they brought forward or, or um, whatever that's relevant for their lifetime. Was there, has there ever been anything that, that you've learned about history or the future or like you said like floating Not really orbs in water like that kind of stuff yeah i mean that stuff was interesting for sure history wise no it's like i mean they go to certain times and they're experiencing it like they're reliving it but it's not necessarily like 
new things or new concepts you know yeah, you're yeah. just kind of but they're just like in it so they're experiencing it in a way where it's very personal and very kind of like traumatic if they're being burned at the stake or stoned to death or whatever has that happened i got stoned to death in one of mine what yeah that was pretty terrible <laughs> imagine reliving that oh my yeah. god you so you were putting yourself in a, in a past it was life when i was in school actually and we were practicing past lives with my friend diane and it was me and i was in this i think i was like in like the middle east somewhere and i was like a witch that theme through lots of my lifetimes <laughs> this one too wow. um and yeah, and then it literally like, and I'm pretty sure it was my my dad, who's my dad in this life, was the one who threw the first stone. Your dad from in this life? Yeah, was the person was in that life. Was also in your who, past life, yeah. throwing the you first stone? Yeah, throwing the first stone. Oh my God. Yeah, so that was pretty, you know, when, when that happens, you basically move the person to the next moment. Because you don't wow. want to have them relive the whole thing. Oh my God, yeah, like how many stones? Okay, I've right? been hit with three of them so far. <laughs> right. Bring me to like a... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> me having a bath or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, yeah. it's funny because I, I, I've had some experiences visiting a um, a psychic, mm -hmm. and I know you're also uh, yeah, I'm a medium too, medium yep. as well. Yeah, yeah, I guess medium is the proper term rather than psychic, right? Medium is a more proper. It can be either. Is it, is either it more or. polite or well, is it more so accurate? Or? Mediumship is a bit different. So if, if you're working with someone on psychic abilities, like psychic levels, the person probably has some mediumship abilities that's more intuitive, like you're picking up on sort of like energy fields and like that, or getting mm. your information intuitively. Um, when you work in a medium, like when you're working with mediumship, you're actually, it's not just a two-way communication. There's actually the third communicator that's coming from the spirit world and you're actually, you're getting mm. information from them. And spirit guide evidence. or something. Yeah, usually it's usually it's past like family members that have passed on, mm. loved ones, because um, they come in and they're giving you evidence first about who they are. Interesting. And then you can, you know, once you figure out who Sally's grandma, then you can kind of give the message from the grandma kind of thing. It's a natural progression from like you sort of, most people will, we all have the ability to do this. Um, you have your, your natural intuition. And then as you start to work with it, doing exercises and things like that, you get more accurate and more accurate. And then mediumship is sort of the next sort of stage of that. And then you start out like psychic. Yeah. And then, then you get to medium level where you've got, okay. Yeah. Mediumship. And then you've got the third communicator and then you can move into sort of trance mediumship, which is where you can actually put yourself into a state where the spirit world can speak through you if, if that's what you choose to do. So wow. it's kind of like, but it's a progression of development. Interesting. Yeah. Practice, well, practice. This, uh, this person, I guess it was medium. Mm -hmm. ship. She had described an, an old friend of mine, mm -hmm. not friends anymore. That's a different story, yep. but he was an, uh, an older guy. She had said he was your dad in a past life, interesting. Yeah. which was interesting because he was sort of a bit in a bit of a mentor role at one point in my life. Mm -hmm. but he was also my wife's dad in a past life interesting. Yeah. and that he abandoned her and took off in the family. Interesting. So you got like so, a soul soul group dynamic going on. Soul group, yeah. right? And of course, for a couple of years, uh, his nickname became Bad Daddy. <laughs> for that reason. Right? Yeah. And it was fun. Yeah. But then, then you skip ahead a few years and now the friendship doesn't even exist anymore. And I go, mm -hmm. interesting. interesting. There was, it was almost like a bit of a red flag, mm -hmm. like even though we didn't see it at the time. And yeah. it was long story short. Um, do you think that we have these, uh, what did you call it? A soul tribe or a soul? Soul group. Soul group. Yeah. Do you think that we relive each other's lives and we is different roles and we all are I with? do I do see that yeah in past mm. lives so in typically if a person in is having the past life experience and there's someone who is part of that lifetime like whether it's a partner or whether it's a child in that life you can have them look into the eyes of that person um, mm. and then you just suggest that the eyes are the windows of the soul and then is this someone you know from your current lifetime mm. or not um, and then they'll tell you 
like I've, I did um, a session with one of my girlfriends and it was quite profound. The, the, this, the feeling that you have towards the person in one life and then the awareness of why that feeling is still there in this life. It can be mm. quite um, liberating in some ways because you're like, oh, now it makes sense. Mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or people you meet and it's like, it's like, uh, what do they call it? Inst- like, instant connection or, right. or repel. Right. <laughs> it's right. Either, right. Yeah. It's interesting. Some people you just look at and you go, I have no reason to dislike this person. Yeah, but I've just like, met I can't them. Stand but you. It's the energy or, yeah, I just yeah. like, no. Yep. The answer is just no. Yep. And you feel kind of guilty because you're like, I'm not giving this person a chance, but like, yeah, you know. but is there on, on some soul level, is there something where you're aware of it and you're like, no, we're not doing that dance again. Yeah. We're not, <laughs> like, forget it. Not doing that dance again. It. Yeah. It's interesting. There's, interesting. A, there's a very cool book. Um, I used to give it to all my kids when they would, or my friend's kids when they would have baby showers. It's called The Little Soul and the Sun. And it's written by Neil Donald Walsh. And it's really cool. It's like these two little souls are having this conversation with God and they decide to come down into their next lifetime. Mm-hmm. One wants to be the one that's forgiving. And then God says, well, who are you going to forgive? And then this other little soul sort of chirps up and is like, I'll be the one that you can forgive. Right. <laughs> right? right. So then, and then as the book goes, the pages are beautiful, the drawings, and it just gets darker and darker. And you know that this one soul is going to do something really bad to the other one in this lifetime to give them the opportunity to forgive, right? So it's interesting because when you think about that, um, I always go back to that because there's a line in there that says, just remember that God has sent you nothing but angels. And I always sort of like that kind of stuck with me. But um but it's interesting because we do, I mean, I'm also an astrologer, so I know that when we come into this lifetime, we have a blueprint of, you know, what our skills are and what our weaknesses are. And when you can kind of know what those things are, you can work on them. But also, it also, you know, the way that we interact with other people and, and other uh, signs and things like that it all comes into play too. So it's it's kind of like this bigger picture of like how we, how we're all interconnected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. God, we know nothing. We know nothing. We know nothing. I know. Jesus. Even as an astrologer, I'm like, I watch this one lady. Her name is Pam Gregory, and she's based out of the UK, and she's brilliant. Like her stuff is bang on, and just all the stuff to do with like when we just went through that full moon, that was a doozy for lots of people, and then getting into the fall and stuff, and and she, from an astrology perspective. But when you start to see that all these things are not just separate, and they're all like, when you get the bigger picture, you can kind of go, oh yeah, it really does make a lot of sense what's wow. happening, right? Wow, crazy. Yeah, the the full moon thing. I years ago talked about it on my radio show and an and, uh, operator phoned up and said oh they they hire extra operators yeah on full moons I yep. went, what and then another security <clears throat> pardon me an owner of a security company called up and said we run out of officers on full moons because mm-hmm. companies hire extra security at the, i'm like what's going on yeah so businesses and and people know that there's a tangible measurable energy or a heightened something during a full moon yeah it's it's like magnified, magnified. Is what emergency what rooms is. are busier during a yeah my sister used to um answer the phone for the um crisis line and she used to volunteer for that and she said always on the full moon that was just like she would come home and eat her emotions away because <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, wow. what she was dealing with yeah yeah interesting um so you you mentioned astrology with all your knowledge and all your wisdom and i'll call them magic powers mm-hmm. <laughs> when we move into the fall because this seems to be the big I thing i haven't really done too much of that no? okay no i, I listen i let i let pam gregory do the work and right, i just right. listen to her because i'm like oh yeah i know what she's talking about okay no because it's like it's a lot of time mm-hmm. you know if you're looking at like the planets in transit and it's a lot of time and like i just don't have all the extra time to be okay so it's not like you just close your eyes and go no oh, it's going to be a great fall it's no, that's the intuitive stuff that mm. comes that way. It's interesting. I remember at the very beginning of all this, the pandemic, and I remember coming home and at the time I was actually 
studying to be a student minister at a spiritual center and I was driving home and I had this weird thing because I was like I just don't get it I don't understand the toilet paper thing I don't understand all the fear I just don't get it and my spirit guide was like basically said to me well you're not gonna <laughs> until you get out the other side and you can see all the smoke and mirrors and all the whatever and it really has nothing to do with this mm. nothing to do with what's going on and so then I just kind of like let that sit and I kind of watched everything play out and I'm like it just got weirder and weirder and then and I knew I sense that they were going to do the vaccine passport thing and then I was like oh great and I told my kids I was like just wait just wait it out because I'm like intuitively I knew I'm like a few months we're looking at here mm. and then I kind of had a sense that like February March I kind of knew something was going to go well that was the beginning of the Russia Ukraine war and, mm. and that was weird and I was like well I didn't think that was the thing but you could feel <laughs> something bubbling yeah I just kind of knew right and then yeah just like this next I would say three months it doesn't feel good so hopefully we'll get through it and then you think maybe after three months maybe we'll look back and the smoke will clear hopefully hopefully and, yeah. yeah interesting yeah I think lots okay. of people, more more and more people, are starting to be aware. I I think from what I've, from what I see with my clients and things like that, like people who really weren't at all um, aware of pretty much anything, are now kind of going like saying certain things to me, and I'm like, oh yeah, maybe they're catching on. You know, yeah. what I mean? like it was hard. You know, like I had to help people get rid of their fears of needles to go and get the to go get the jab. Oh wow! <laughs> and I was like, this feels terrible. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like helping their parents help their kids. And I'm like, but, oh, no. but it's not my choice. Right. So oh. yeah, those days were hard. I was like, there was a few days I came home and cried. I'm like, I want to help the little 12 year old girl oh, that's <laughs> get, crazy. Her, get her vaccine, yeah. you know, but like not my choice. Right. Yeah. It's, oh, that's tough. Yeah. God. Well, this has been a lot of fun. This conversation. I hope we do it right? again. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, we could probably talk for hours. There's lots know? of stuff to talk There's about. There's lots to talk about. <laughs> um, okay. So if someone wants to hire you, I guess we can put the links in the description mm -hmm. of the show. Yep. If, if someone, let's say someone is not in a position to hire someone, but mm -hmm. they're listening to this going, God, I wish I could help my confidence or something or whatever yeah. it is. Is there something they can do on their own to sort of yeah. get them There's, in the right direction? Well, so I've got audio recordings on my website. Okay. But the biggest thing is to understand that the language of the subconscious mind is your imagination. So if you imagine something, whether it's worst case scenario outcomes or positive outcomes, you will experience that as if it's happening to you right now. So if we start to imagine... <laughs> world where everyone's getting along and peaceful and all the rest of it and we all do that right <laughs> we act as if hard to imagine that we, right now but... we act as if right <laughs> then we start to create that but it's the same thing like if you're doing like sports performance if you you know we know that some of the best athletes out there use visualizations for their right. outcome right so if you do that on your own if you visualize your success taking a test at school i, I read a study years ago that was um someone who just tried working out just with their mind yeah well and you so can totally they, do that they lift the weights yeah. in their mind mm -hmm really like believing yeah. and then they actually measured and they were Absolutely. growing muscle yeah it's totally possible crazy yeah in the um the, i think it was in joe Dispenza's the you are the placebo book that he wrote yes. he talks about uh two groups of kids learning how to play the piano do you remember that did you yes. read that and he talks Great about book. the ones that only did it in their minds and then the ones that actually played on the keyboard same amount of time each day they'd practice this group only in their minds this group on the keyboards and when they went to actually play the like to see kind of where they were at the kids that had only practiced in their mind and never touched the keyboard made less mistakes than the kids that actually practiced on the keyboard <laughs> oh my god it's crazy right it's crazy yeah so Whew. it's definitely a thing once you start to use your mind and then you can start to really realize like well, yeah. how you are using it whether it's constructively or not right <sighs> double high five <laughs>
That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you have a question or comment about this episode, leave it inside the app. Go to the App Store, Kid Carson, or contact me through kidcarson.com. 